It was the stupidest thing the cat had ever heard of. An AA program in prison. Like he could find anything decent in here anyway. But if it would get his sentence reduced, well, all right, he'd sign up. Dance the 12-step, do whatever it took to cut out early. Once he was free, he'd break into the nearest liquor store and start making up for lost time. But between now and then, he'd sit with a sad sax and let get by with a little aftershave. The only thing he wouldn't do was speak at one of the meetings. As a rule, there was strictly Dullsville, yammer, yammer, yammer. But every now and then, someone would tell a decent story. This mink, for example, who'd swapped his own pelt for a bottle of Kahlua. The cat didn't know how you could possibly survive without a pelt, but apparently it was possible. Not pretty, that was for damn sure, but it could be done, and this mink was living proof. It helped that he had a sense of humour about it and told his story with a little pizzazz, complete with sound effects and different voices. When he came to the bit about his wife mistaking him for a beef tongue, the cat laughed so hard he nearly fell out his chair. Thank you, the mink said at the end of his little speech. You've been a terrific audience, now don't forget to tip your waitress. After the meeting, the alcoholics congregated for treats washed down with burnt coffee. The cat was just going back for a second cup when he overheard a mouse talking in a low voice to the bullfrog who served as the prison chaplain. He might be amusing, but I don't give that mink a snowball's chance in hell. In here, all right, but out in the real world, he's a ticking time bomb. The cat didn't know what this mouse was in for, but he was willing to bet it was something boring, fiddling with his taxes or mail fraud. He wouldn't know a good time if it slapped him between the ears, but here he was ragging on a hairless mink. Refuses to take his recovery seriously. A classic example of a dry drunk. Give the guy a break, the cat thought. The poor bastard is permanently naked. His wife left him, his chop shop was confiscated, so who the hell cares if he starts drinking again? It beats wasting time with the likes of you. The cat didn't say any of these things, but he thought them, and it must have shown in his face. Do you have a problem? the mouse asked. And the cat said, Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. Sensing trouble, the chaplain moved between them and held out his webbed hands. All right, gentlemen, he said, let's just take this down a notch. I've got a problem with certain rodents, the cat continued, the kind who think that unless you're as pompous as they are, they're going to wind up upon the trash heap. Is that so, the mouse said. Well, i got a problem with cats who try to take someone else's inventory before they've taken their own. He was a spunky little thing, you had to give him that. Here he was, no taller than a shot glass, yet he was more than willing to mix it up, and with a cat, no less. Don't think I'm going to forget this, he said as the chaplain pulled him back. And the cat said, oh, I'm so scared. When dinner time came, the cat joined the mink for burgers and fries in the prison cafe. The mouse was on the opposite side of the room, sitting between a rabbit and a box turtle at the vegetarian table, and every few seconds he'd look up from his plate and glare in the cat's direction. I don't know what's going on between you two, the mink said, but you'd better find some friendly way to straighten it out. I'm telling you, brother, you do not want that mouse as an enemy. What's he going to do, the cat said, steal the cheese off my hamburger? I don't know what he's going to do, but I do know what he did do. The mink said, and he leaned his raw, seeping head across the table. They say it was arson. Chewed through some wires and set a police building on fire. Four German shepherds killed in the spot, and two more so burnt that their own mothers wouldn't recognise them. Now, I don't know what you'd call it, but in my book, brother, that's cold. The cat dragged a fry through a puddle of ketchup. 
Dogs, you say? The mink nodded. One of the burnt ones was two weeks from retirement. I had him a party lined up and everything. You're breaking my heart, the cat said. The next AA meeting started like the rest of them. Not a decent story to be had. Someone said he was dying for a drink and then someone else said the same thing. When that got repetitive, a member told the group why he wanted a drink. Anyone else like to share? The chaplain asked. Any new voices we haven't heard from? The cat closed his eyes. He usually drifted off to sleep and came to during the serenity prayer, but today he stayed awake, waiting for the mouse to pipe up and say something stupid like, easy does it, or fake it till you make it. Aphorisms he couldn't go two minutes without repeating. Boys, he'd say, when things get tough, I just have to remind myself to let go and let God. Then everyone would act as if they hadn't heard this 5,000 times already, as if it weren't printed on our flea collars, for Christ's sake. Today, though, the mouse skipped the slogans and talked about a recent encounter that had tested his resolve. I won't name names, but this was between myself and the sort of individual I call a nosy parker, the kind who likes to creep around and listen to conversations that are none of his business. That's how he gets his kicks, see? The cat said, well, why I ought to... And the chaplain pointed to a sign reading, No cross talk. Of all the rules, this was the lousiest, as it meant you couldn't directly respond, even when someone was obviously trashing you. Now, I don't know this individual from Adam, the mouse continued. I'd seen him around, sure, but aside from his plug ugliness, there was no reason to take much notice. He was clearly no smarter than this chair I'm sitting on, but that didn't keep him from running his mouth. In fact, it was just the opposite. Pushed every button I have, he did. And just as I was about to rearrange his face, I remembered my fourth step and let it slide. There was a general murmur of congratulations, and the mouse acknowledged it. I can't say I'll be so forgiving the next time, but I guess I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Then a goat raised his hand and recalled getting drunk at his nephew's bar mitzvah. A guinea pig sent some crap about insecurity, and a leech wondered if the big book came in an audio version. He just finished talking when the cat stuck his paw into the air saying, Hey, everybody, I got a little story to tell. That's not the way we do things here, the chaplain said. Before you speak, you have to introduce yourself. Okay, the cat said. I'm a cat and I got a little story to tell. You know what I'm talking about, the chaplain said. Come on now, it's not going to kill you. The cat stared across the table at the mouse and saw the same expression he'd observed the night before in the cafe. Smirky, defiant, the look of someone convinced that he had already won. All right, the cat said. I'm a cat and... Da to hell with you. The mouse put his little hand over his heart as if to say, you're killing me. And the cat pounded his paw on the tabletop. I'm a cat, all right. I'm a cat and I'm a... I'm a goddamn alcoholic. You happy now? Then everyone said, hello, cat. And waited their eyes politely downcast as their fellow drunk, an official one now, struggled to regain his composure. So that's how I met my first sponsor, the cat would later say. At meetings in damp church basements and low-slung community centres, years after he was released from prison. That little SOB saved my life, can you beat that? A murderer, an arsonist, and not a day goes by when I don't think about him. It maybe wasn't the best story in the world, but as the mouse had told him on more than one occasion, it wasn't the worst either.
This one's called The Motherless Bear. In the three hours before her death, the bear's mother unearthed some acorns buried months earlier by a squirrel. They were damp and worm-eaten and unappetizing as turds, and sighting at her rotten luck, she kicked them back into their hole. Around ten, she stopped to pull a burr from her left haunch, and then her daughter would report, Then she just... died. The first few times she said these words, the bear could not believe them. Her mother gone. How could it be? After a day, though, the shock wore off, and she tried to recapture it with an artfully placed pause and an array of amateur theatrical gestures. The faraway look was effective, and eventually she came to master it. And then, she would say, just as her eyes fixed on the distant horizon, then she just died. Seven times she cried, but as the weeks passed, this became more difficult, and so she took to covering her face with her paws and doing a jerky thing with her shoulders. There, there, friends would say, and she would imagine them returning to their families. I saw that poor motherless bear today. And if she doesn't just break your heart, then I don't know what will. Her neighbours brought food, more than enough to get her through the winter. She just stayed awake that year and got fat. In the spring, the others awoke from their hibernations and found her finishing the first of the choke cherries. Eating helps ease the pain, she explained, the bright juice dripping from her chin. And when they turned away, she followed behind them. Did I mention to you that my mother died? We'd just spent a beautiful morning together, and then the next thing I knew... That's no excuse for eating all our choke cherries, they said, furious. A few bears listened without interruption, but she could see in their eyes that their pity had turned to something else. Boredom at best, and at worst, a kind of embarrassment. Not for themselves, but for her. The friend who had previously been the most sympathetic, who herself had cried upon first hearing the story, now offered a solution. Throw yourself into a project, she said. That's what I did after my grandfather's heart attack, and it worked wonders. A project, the bear said. You know, said her friend, dig yourself a new den or something. But I like my den the way it is. Then help dig one for someone else. My ex-husband's aunt lost one of her paws in a trap and spent last winter in a ditch. Help her, why don't you? I hurt my paw once, the bear said. Broke a nail and clean off, and then when it finally grew back, it looked like a Brazil nut. She was trying to work the subject back to herself, hoping her friend might forget her suggestion. But it didn't work. I'll tell the old gal you'll be by later this afternoon. It'll make her happy and help you to work off some of that weight you've gained. The friend ambled off and the bear glared at her disappearing backside. Help you work off some of that weight you've gained, she mimicked. Then she overturned a log and ate some ants, low-calorie ones with stripes in their butts. After that, she lay in the sun and was sound asleep when her friend returned and shook her awake, saying, Hey, what's wrong with you? Huh? It's almost dark and my ex-husband's aunt has been waiting all day. Right, said the bear, and she headed up the hill, deciding after a few dozen yards that this just was not going to happen. Forget following advice she had never asked for in the first place. Rather than digging a den for a stranger, someone who was old and was just going to die anyway, she'd leave home and settle on the other side of the mountain. There she could meet some new bears, strangers who would listen to her story and allow her once again to feel tragic. The following morning she set out, 
taking care to avoid the old amputee who still sat waiting beside her wretched ditch. Beyond a burned-out grove of birch trees there was a stream, and following it she came upon a cub who sat waist-deep in the rushing water, swatting at fish with his untrained paws. "'I should do the same thing when I was your age,' called the bear. And the cub looked up and let out a cry of surprise. I must have sat in the water all morning until my mother came over and showed me how to catch fish properly. She waited a beat and then continued, Of course that could never happen now, and you know why? The cub said nothing. It couldn't happen now because my mother is dead, the bear announced. Happened suddenly, when I least expected it. One moment she was there and the next she just wasn't. The cub began to whimper. You wake up an orphan, your mum's body slowly rotting beside you, and you can what can you do but soldier on, all alone, with no one to love or protect you? As the cub began to wail, his mother charged out of the thicket. What, are you sick? she shouted. Get your kick scaring innocent children, is that it? Go on now, get the hell out of here. The bear ran to the opposite shore and into the forest, tripping on logs as she turned to look behind her. What with her weight and all, she was soon out of breath, so she slowed to a trot after the first hundred yards. Her pace gradually degenerating as the morning turned into the afternoon and then the early evening. Just before dusk, she smelled chimney smoke and ambled to the outskirts of a village. Peering through a gap in a thick hedge, she saw a crowd of humans standing with their backs to her. They seemed to be regarding something that stood in a clearing, and when one of them shifted position, she saw that it was a bear, a male, though it took a moment to realise it, as he was wearing a skirt and a tall, cone-shaped hat, topped with a satin scarf. The male bear's mouth was muzzled with leather straps and connected to a leash, which was alternately held and yanked by a man in a dirty cape. A boy, who was also dressed in a cape, carried a drum and a rope around his neck, and as he began to play, the male stood on his hind legs and swayed back and forth to the music. Faster, called a soldier at the front of the crowd, and the boy quickened his beat. The male bear struggled to keep up, and when he tripped over the hem of his skirt, the man pulled out a stick and beat him across the face until his nose bled. This made the people laugh, and a few of them threw coins, which the drummer collected before moving on to his next song. When night fell and the audience went home for their suppers, the man removed the muzzle from the bear's snout. Then he put a collar around his neck and attached it by a chain to an iron stake driven deep into the ground. He and the boy retired to a tent, and when she was sure that they had fallen asleep, the bear crept out from behind the hedge and approached the chained dancer. I don't normally talk to strangers, she said, but I saw you here and I figured, well, I guess it's the first time for everything. The male was lying in an awkward position, his skirt was gathered around his waist, and she saw that great patches of his legs were without hair, and that the skin in these areas was covered with open sores. I used to talk a lot to my mother, she told him. She and I were all each other had, and then one morning out of nowhere she just died, gone, before I could say goodbye or anything. Maybe it was the moonlight. Maybe the excitement of meeting an entertainer, but for whatever reason she actually managed a tear. Her first in almost six months. It was running slowly down her cheek when the chained male raised his head and spoke. 
Can you understand me? He asked. The bear nodded, though in fact it was quite difficult. That's good, he said. Most animals can't make out a word I'm saying. And you know why? She shook her head. It's because I have no teeth, he said. Not a one of them. The man in the tent took a rock and hammered them out of my head. But the muzzle? The bear said. Well, that's just to make me look dangerous. Oh, the bear said. I get it. No, he told her. I don't think you do. See, I have maggots living in my knees. I'm alive, but flies are raising their families in my flesh, okay? The bear shivered at the thought of it. It's been years since I've eaten solid food. My digestive system is shot. My right foot is broken in three places. And you're coming to me all teary-eyed because your stepmother died. She wasn't a step, the bear said. Oh, she was too, I can see it in your eyes. Well, she was just like a real mother, the bear said. Yeah, and piss is just like honey if you're hungry enough. Maybe males in this part of the country say every ugly thing that enters their heads, the bear said, but where I'm from... That was as far as she got before the man and the boy came up from behind and hit her over the head with a padded club. When she came to, it was morning, and the male lay on the ground before her, his throat slit into a meaty smile. He was no good to us anyhow, the man said to his assistant. The knees go, and that's it. Now the bear travels from village to village. Her jaws are sunken, her gums swollen with the abscesses left by the broken teeth, and between the disfigurement and the muzzle, it's nearly impossible to catch what she's saying. Always, though, while tripping and stumbling to the music, she looks out into her audience and tells a story about her mother. Most people laugh and yell for her to lift her skirts, but every so often she'll spot someone weeping and swear they can understand her every word. <laughs>